Our text for this morning's sermon is taken from the gospel lesson with special emphasis on the following words. Jesus said, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. This is our text. You may be seated. Dear brothers and sisters of our Lord Jesus Christ, the rich man's story in the parable is set within chronological time. He spends his time seeking to lay up an abundance of treasures for himself, covetous for the things of this world. Once he has them, his plan is to stockpile them so that he can eat, drink, and be merry for years to come. But like a click on a stopwatch, his life ends that very night. He's a fool. The truth is this. There is only one genuinely rich man in the world, and his name is Jesus. This rich man's story is that even time is in his hands. And in the fullness of time, he won for us the riches of God, all of them, through his suffering, death, and resurrection. And right here and now, at this proper time, the time when we gather in his name to hear his words, and to eat and to drink his very body and blood. He makes us wise, and he makes us rich toward God. He really does. Now, the rich man in Jesus' parable is a fool because of two things. Number one, his life consists in the abundance of his possessions. And number two, he believes the time is on his side. He doesn't realize that he's on borrowed time. I want you to think about that. So God says to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? The ancients talked about time in two ways, and I want to go there first. Chronos, chronological time. And because of the fall, there's an end of our time on this chronological line, isn't there? That's what the foolish rich man lived for. There's another way of talking about time, and that's kairos is the Greek word. And it's a moment in time. It's a time in life when everything changes. It makes an incredible impression on you, both for good or ill. Like, for example, when you have a, a child, that's that moment in time, it's, it's incredible, it's wonderful, it's beautiful. And it changes everything. Life-changing. That's what God in Christ has done for us. In that moment of time when he suffered and died on the cross, rose victorious over our sin and death. And in this moment of time, 
when he connects us with him and one another in eternity. But the rich man wasn't living beyond this chronological time. And he coveted his possessions, the things that in the end don't matter. So Jesus gives us this warning from his parable. He says, so is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Now Solomon, whose words we just read from the Old Testament, was a very rich man. He was probably the wealthiest man uh, who ever lived in that time. By our standards, he'd be considered an incredible success, right? Great. But he looked around at all that he had. After he accumulated all this stuff, and he says, vanity, all is vanity. What's the point? This is what he came to, and he ends up in despair with his stuff. And then did you catch what the Apostle Paul reminds us of in our epistle lesson? That when we set our minds on this world and life, that it's not just vanity. What happens to us is it, it produces in us all sorts of bad things. Sexual immorality, says, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry, along with anger, wrath, slander, coarse talk, because we're just living for ourselves. We just want what we want, and literally to hell with everybody else. Fearing, loving, and trusting in anything or anyone other than God is foolish. We end up with nothing. Absolutely nothing. Empty. And what's ironic is we're even empty even as we're pursuing these things which we think will make us happy. Ne it's never enough. It's like an addiction. It, just, it never satisfies. And look at in the in the parable, it's all about this rich man, right? I will do that. I will do this. I will build bigger, bigger barns. I will say to my soul, as if he could control what ultimately happens to it. They're my barns. And yet, none of it belongs to him. Not even the time. Jesus, who is rich toward God, came in the fullness of time to win for us the riches of God through his death and resurrection. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Okay, so the parable of the foolish rich man, right? What's the problem in his mind? It's like, okay, I'm going to work for all of this stuff. And he finds out someone else is going to enjoy it. And, and that person might just fritter it all away. I don't even know who's going to get it or who's going to, be, who's going to receive it rightly or do something with it. I don't know who, who that will be, right? Let me flip it for you a moment. Jesus did all the work of saving us, didn't he? All of it. 
and he dies for our salvation. And who gets its benefit? <laughs> Us. He's a fool for you and for me. And what are we going to do with it? Are we going to receive these gifts? Or will we fritter them all the way? The foolishness of God is much wiser than the wisdom of men. He did all of this on, on purpose that you might receive the inheritance, that you might receive everything that belongs to God. And he made you a child of God and gave you the inheritance through the water and word of holy baptism. Everything that is, that is his now belongs to you. Everything. And now in this moment of time, as we gather in the Lord's name to hear his word and to eat his very body and blood, he makes us wise and rich toward God. Everything he has, we have in Christ. And notice what is said about this Kairos moment. As we gather in the Lord's name, where two or three are gathered in my name, Jesus says, there I am among them. As we are gathered in this Kairos moment, what happens? Heaven and earth intersect. Time meets eternity. Great stuff. Time and eternity. Heaven and earth intersect. Right here and now in Christ. And why does he do this? Well, here's another kind of irony, isn't it? He breaks into our time and space so that we can eat his body, drink his blood, and be merry to have his joy and peace of life together with him and one another throughout all eternity. To do this with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven for they are near. Time meets eternity. Heaven and earth intersect wherever Jesus is, and Jesus is here, right here, and now, to give you everything he is and has. The Apostle Paul says, raised with Christ, we now, we now as we're brought up beyond ourselves and faith toward him, raised with Christ, we now seek the things above where Christ is, at the right hand of God. So to be rich toward God is to believe that God is the giver of all things, including life and salvation, and to receive them. And here, in this moment of time, this life-changing moment, here, as the apostle says, there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free. But Christ is all and in all. Here is not black or white or Asian or Indian. Here is not rich or poor, 
here, Christ is all and in all with everything he is and everything he has. So those who believe in Jesus Christ share with others the gifts God gives. Fools out of love for others. So foolish that we can give everything away knowing that with God there's always more. He has an eternity of riches for us. And in this moment of time, you learn that. And you tap into that. And it makes a difference as you leave here, as his spirit is at work through his word in your life. Our things are no longer ends in and of themselves, trophies or rewards to hoard. No, our things are used in love and care for others. Our lives consist not in the abundance of our possessions. They really don't. But in Christ, who is all and in all, who have, quote, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's what God is doing with us right here and now. So that we can say with uh, the hymn writer, as he puts it, my Jesus is my treasure, my life, my health, my wealth, my friend, my love, my pleasure, my joy, my crown, my all, my bliss eternally. And so he is. Amen. Now may the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard our hearts and our lives in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.